0: On this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics podcast, we're digging into a mysterious fault song from the early 80s, Strange Way, or also known as Strange Way of Saying I Love You. And joining me on this episode is Arthur Turnbull from the Music Snobs podcast. Welcome back to the show, Arthur.
1: Jason, thank you for having me back. I had a really, really good time talking about, I think it was I Know from uh, your Love Sexy um, period. I really admire the fact that you go song by song. (laughs) Focusing on lyrics because I am I am not always the lyrics guy.
0: Right, right. Neither neither was I. I mean, certain songs, yes, but not I couldn't say like every song that I enjoyed revolved around me digging into the lyrics and understanding what was being said. Now, of course, certain print songs like When Doves Cry or Kiss or, you know, like a Mm -hmm. lot of the big hits. The lyrics just go hand in hand with the music. You kind of really you hear them enough that you can't escape them. But there were definitely Prince songs that I was very familiar with, and I enjoyed, mm-hmm. but never took that deep dive until I started doing this show. So thanks for that because it's kind of one of those things where <laughs> you know uh, the the lyrical aspect of Prince's um, career and his talent I think often goes overlooked. Yeah, Uh, certainly there are songs in his discography that, you know, as I've been doing this podcast, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't really the deepest, (laughs) deepest lyrical dive. Mm -hmm. Um, Because sometimes you just write lyrics to fit or serve as a a tune or a melody or something. It doesn't really have to be that deep every single time. But, you know, it's still fun to to try to figure out if there's something more there. So thank you. Thank you. Enjoy having you back. Strange way. So strange way. Strange way is a song we're covering, fault song, unreleased as of this recording. Yeah, you never know when things are going to get uh, released by by the estate. But as of October 2022, we have not officially received the song mm-hmm. in any formal fashion. So you know, any time that we've heard the song, it's been in some sort of unofficial bootleg or sharing or something along those lines. So it's kind of been a, a leaked song. It's been a song that's been known by the prince community for a while. Um I didn't know this but you know doing research this was one of the songs that was potentially selected for Crystal Ball 2 which would have been released in like the early 2000s if it would have ever you know manifested itself into a reality. Uh were you familiar with with that
1: Arthur at the time or is that something you learned later? No, at the time um and I know that I First heard it after the Rainbow Children, somewhere between the Rainbow Children in two thousand one and Musicology two thousand four, um, and I tried my best to remember where and how I first heard Strange Way, because um, the and I know we'll get to it, but the song in terms of the condition that it's in is really remarkable in that it's it's not tinny it doesn't it's not bass heavy it doesn't sound like you know the mp3 was made from a cassette of a cassette that was dunked in a in in a well or something like that and you know how most of the bootlegs that we've heard prior to the remasters and the re-releases and such you know in the prince community we just got used to inferior quality music and a highlight for, you know, the, um, the 1999 deluxe, um, you know, some of the B sides that came out, um, as collections immediately following his passing, um, to hear those at either full fidelity or as best as you could get it right was a treat in and of itself. And here with strange way it's it's batteries are included as far as that's concerned um it's you know it just sounds fantastic mm-hmm. but i got to tell you i cannot remember where i where i first heard it um but i know what i do remember is that i i knew that i was just completely struck by it because other than knowing the time period in which it was created you would think that it was you know reasonably recent just because of the quality we're really
0: fortunate in this age that we're in now because nowadays in the 2010s late 2010s early 2020s Mm -hmm. if there's been a print song from the vault that's been leaked pretty much going to find it on youtube somebody Mm -hmm. would have posted it on youtube so all you really got to do for the most part is just like type in a print song (laughs) into the youtube search engine and if it's been leaked you'll find it. That's how, that's at least, you know, been my experience. And if I can't find it on YouTube, the chances are it either hasn't been leaked or hasn't been widely leaked. Um, and so that's a really huge benefit that, you know, folks didn't have 20, obviously 30 years ago, 20, 20 years ago. And it was really all about, you know, buying the boots um sharing tapes whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you had to do to get to listen to the songs and that's where the quality suffered because you know like you said a copy of a copy of a copy because somebody paid the money for the boot but you know um uh, back you know when you could burn cds or copy tapes yeah. very easily with a dual tape yeah. cassette player that was how you shared that's how you shared uh songs and each each recording of that of that uh cassette just got worse and worse and worse from a sound quality standpoint and you're right this one sounds amazing and um to segue your you know uh comment about the time i hadn't mm-hmm. mentioned that yet so this song was you know for all intents and purposes as far as we know was recorded in 1981 we don't really have mm-hmm. you know specific recording dates like we do for some songs right. in Prince's right. called that have been you know widely written about and discussed this is during, still kind of during that era when I think like a lot of the records weren't being kept as immaculately <clears> as <throat> they were later. Because this is, from my understanding, this was recorded at Prince's home studio in the Kiowa Trail home in Chanhassen. So it wasn't recorded, as far as we know, at any studio, like
1: right. official
0: studio, not like uh, any studio in Minneapolis, any of the Los Angeles studios that he recorded at. So you know, we're kind of left... Um, left up to stories and estimations as to when the song was recorded. And so we're, we're targeting 1981. So Prince Vault says, based mm-hmm. off of stories told about the song that makes sense from a timing standpoint. So That's kind of the, and you know, from the sound, I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. you can listen to mm-hmm. a Prince song, a Prince Vault song and predict when you think it was written and recorded based off of the sound of it. Um, Prince changed his style up quite regularly, as we as yeah. we know. And so it wouldn't make sense for a song that sounds like Strange Way to have been recorded in 1986 or 1987. Mm-hmm. Just didn't mm-hmm. just didn't match that sound. So I I buy it. I don't know. Do you buy it? 81? Sound right to you?
1: <laughs> you know, I absolutely buy it. Um there was um an article in Vulture. Um, I guess now we don't necessarily need to say magazines anymore, but you know, you and I are of a certain age, Ultra Magazine, right, <laughs> <laughs> ran, you know, ran an article um, on their website um, interviewing members of the, the sort of the classic revolution that we know, um, and asked and compiled these great print stories, you know, from each member. And Lisa Coleman told a story about a, a time when she was living in Prince's house, that house. It was after they came off the road from uh, Dirty Mine, supporting Dirty Mine. So this would have been, um, you know, late winter, early spring, 1981. And she, having moved from Los Angeles to join Prince's band, didn't have a place to stay there back in Minneapolis. So she was living with Prince for a while. Um, And she detailed this conversation that they had, where one day Prince was talking about her getting her own place. And I believe the quote was, as Lisa put it, Prince saying, well, you know, Lisa, you're here now. What are you going to do, Lisa? Like, what are you going to do? And she said that it just felt tense. The conversation just felt tense. So she mapped it in terms of a time frame, saying, you know, we were on the road, we were just coming off of tour. Um, we know that she didn't tour in 1979, 1980, when Prince opened for Rick James during his Fire It Up tour. And we do know that she toured Controversy. Gail Chapman, his initial keyboards was no longer in the group. So we do have a pretty good I'll be broad range in when this was recorded. I kind of have a theory. Absolutely unscientific. Um, <laughs> <Let's hear it. laughs> well, you know, you figure, you figure that Lisa shows up on the Times debut album. And as background, Partic- you can really hear her in The Stick, the final song. Um, we know that that album was released in November of nineteen eighty one we also know that controversy wasn't released um, until October we also know that the day before or or the weekend before Octo- uh, controversy was released was the infamous opening of the Rolling Stones at the la Coliseum two days where Princes boot off the stage with everyone right so so we know that Prince is in this period of transition where he's got a lot going on and Lisa is smack in the middle of of that period. So I I really feel that this song was made closer to the summer going into the fall of 1981 just because it would seem that if you're coming off of the road, you're coming off of dirty mind. And Jason, I apologize, I did not. I meant to actually write down. Okay, when was the last dirty mind date? Right. But it's like if you're coming off of that, hey Prince, can I stay with you? That's gonna that's gonna go pretty good for a little while, right? You, you got to get six. Yeah, she's helping weeks. out,
0: recording the time Exactly.
1: That, yeah.
0: <laughs> she's useful <Right>? to him.
1: <laughs> she's useful to him. You know. Um, you know but you got a guy who's got you know he's got some albums coming out he's 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 simultaneously recording two albums this is before mm-hmm. let me let me take one well let me let me monumental. just tell you one thing
0: april 6 1981 was the last date of the Mind ah, tour so okay okay no it was after april 6
1: you know it was after that right so so yeah it's like it's like what we as your listeners, but 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 also you know as, as a community, particularly the younger um faction, for lack of a better word, of the Prince community. It's hard to remember a time before Purple Rain. It's hard to remember a time when 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 Prince, who is, was and forever will be Prince, but before Prince was Prince, right? Mm-hmm. So you got a guy. You know, he's 23 years old. Lisa's like 2021. 20, he he's coming off of an album called Dirty Mind that the critics love, but the public sort of kind of not really, P- particularly black radio. His music is not being played anymore. He's all, he's all but a one-hit wonder from the standpoint of his you know, commercial popularity in that way. He's an, he's, a, he's an alternative musician, which which is great. You know, but he wants to regain his foothold in Black radio. Controversy is a vehicle for him to do that. But the time is also a vehicle for him to do that. Yep. Andre Simone his bass player, but also his brother is leaving the band. It's not necessarily like a mystery or some sudden thing. It's part of a plan, but, but Andre's leaving the band and he's bringing in Mark Brown on bass, really young, unseasoned, and Prince has got to get him up to speed and get him road r- ready because they're planning a tour mm-hmm. to support controversy after the release of South. So the, the picture I'm trying to paint is, you got a guy that's got a lot going on, right? So if at any time he's gonna have a conversation about Lisa, what are you gonna do? <laughs> he's just <laughs> living with me. Are you gonna commit? Like, like we don't know the you know the outer yeah. parameters of this conversation and the meaning of it, right? But for this to be kind of like a tense conversation that from Lisa's standpoint, from the itty-bitty quotes that we have. And as Prince fans, we love to elaborate and expand upon. But from that little bit of information that we have, we could figure like, okay, this is kind of coming out of nowhere as far as she's concerned, right? It would make sense that it's closer to the time, pardon the pun, when he's going to release and bring out this new band, the time, this new record, their debut, his fourth record, that he is particularly targeting to kind of get himself back into the the, the God, such a corny phrase the hearts and minds of of the public right um and kind of get his agenda going you know so um i'm kind of thinking it was like Late on September, that he makes this record, Jason. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm
0: I'm with you. I'm with you, and I think it's there's a story that I read about Lisa's um, experience with this song and her experience living with Prince, where after they had like this disagreement, fight, whatever you want to call it, she allegedly went for a walk. I mean, I read that she went for a drive, and I read that she went for a walk. I mean, shit. Who knows? Forty years That's ago, right, like right. how are you going to remember details like that? But let's say hypothetically, she went for a walk. Uh, You don't go for walks In winter in Minneapolis Chanhassen (laughs) You will go for walks in the summer Early fall Right. Right. So again like if she's going outside To kind of vent Or to to get out of the house Go for a walk It's probably going to be in the warmer months So again it's just all speculation Totally makes sense Based off the time we knew it was after the tour ended Mm -hmm. In April and we you know, we have to assume it was between that and the release of Controversy and the tour subsequent um supporting tour. So that le- that leaves us about six months, five, six months of yeah. time to, to choose from. And it totally makes sense that it was in that middle of 81. But we just don't we just don't have any dates. And that's where like Dwayne's right. book comes in, Prince Fall comes in
1: mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it's
0: like on this date on uh you know august 27th 1981 yeah. prince writes and records strange way we don't we don't have that we don't have that for a lot of these late 70s early songs so it is what it is and we just have to move on with that little information that we have all right so you touched on the story about this being according to Lisa a song written kind of as an apology sorts <laughs> You know, they have this falling out. Prince wants her to kind of make a move. And some people need that push. You know, they're comfortable. Sure, she wasn't paying rent. (laughs) You know, she was living for free in Prince's Prince's house. And, uh, you know, she buying or renting a house in a city that you barely lived in, like she just, like you said, moved from Los Angeles, but then right away went on tour. So Mm -hmm. she probably spent very little time in the city itself. It can be scary, especially for somebody who's as young as Lisa was at the time. But sometimes people need that push. It's no no different than um, a child being pushed out of their parents' house when it's time, you know, like spread your wings, little bird and fly. <laughs> so maybe yeah. she needed that. Maybe she needed that push, even though it might have been painful at the time. She might have needed that push from Prince to kind of decide, like, do I want to continue doing this with this man?
1: Mm-hmm. Stay in
0: Minneapolis, get my own place to uh, head back to Los Angeles and say it was fun, but I'm out. And so she had to make a decision at that point. So yeah, the story is is kind of the the backstory of this song. And so when we go through the lyrics, which we'll begin doing here shortly, you know, you got to think of it from with that framework in mind. Mm -hmm. that this is kind Mm -hmm. of a song Prince wrote in response to that fight that he had with Lisa, somebody who lived with him, was close friends with um, collaborator uh, somebody he relied on you know in the absence of gail as a you know a, a, a platonic friend as far as mm-hmm. we know i mean mm-hmm. we know lisa's gay i don't know if prince knew that in 1981 i have no idea um but as far as all accounts that we've ever heard from the two of them specifically now lisa in the later years is uh that they were just platonic friends
1: and that's all it was right. ever going to be Something that I really like about Strange Way is that it's a case of Prince responding to something that happened as it happened. In other words, we we've heard stories about when Does Cry is about, you know, this woman. You know, she's always in my hair is about that woman. You know, Cream might be about, you know, the barista in Starbucks. This is not a song where he's taking abstractions or, you know, certain constructs or even composites of things to then get his point across. Even if the song is for somebody. Right. I wrote this song for you. You know, it's when doves cry. What the hell does that mean, right? (laughs) Here is this happened, it went off the rails. I didn't mean it that way, Prince. At least I didn't mean it as the result of it happened. Let me do something to repair this relationship. And he speaks really plainly in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Again, no doves, no flowers, no colors, no clouds. and I'm not saying that in a comical way, but what I am saying is that this is an example of how Prince really did communicate with with people, women in particular. and um, another quote from Lisa speaking about this is that music was always how he communicated best you know and and Jill Jones. I don't even need to contextualize Jill Jones to your listeners, but, you know, Jill Jones has even said, hey, you know, some men give you flowers, Prince gave you songs. Yeah. So as we get into the lyrics, it's it's like it really knocks me out about how that we know of. There are probably very few songs, um, like maybe before you get to something like... Um, Oh, I can't remember all the songs on Emancipation, but you know, like the like the, the songs that he wrote for Baite, for example. Yeah,
0: just two basically. Right. That is just very
1: direct, right? <laughs> but you know, it's like it's like this is this is this is early Prince, you know, critic Darling, alt artist, you know, famous to the point where it's still not weird to see Prince in the grocery store. It's like, you know, he's not at the level where it's like you see famous people doing normal stuff, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, yeah. you get, a, just, you know, you really get just do a, a normal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And again, in the middle of this dude making two albums, it's important mm. enough that he takes the time and we'll get into how long he actually took him to make the song. Right. <laughs> but it's like, you know, he took the time to, you know, bang this out. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: No, I'm sorry. But yeah, it reminded me, um, you mentioned she's always in my hair and that's another kind of famous apology song. That Prince wrote for a woman. I covered that in my She's Always in My Hair episode, Jill Jones. Um, we all kind mm-hmm. of those of us in who listen to the music, Prince's music and his B-sides and know the backgrounds behind it, already know the story, so I'm not going to reiterate it here. But this is kind of like a first stab at that kind of a song where like you said it's a reaction to something, mm-hmm. a reaction to an argument or an event in his life where he felt the need to write a song to speak to the person who needs spoken to. Um, spoke speak to the person who feels hurt by something that Prince did or said. And he didn't always do this, obviously, because that just, you know, I mean, he was a human being. Yeah, And he was in charge of a lot of people and a lot of people's livelihoods, so there was a, probably a lot of hurt feelings over the, the course of his career where he didn't write a song about it, you know? But mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess we, I guess you would consider that, like, the fact that he wrote a song for Lisa and for Jill and for Maite and whomever else that I'm missing, those were people that were important enough in his life, and like you said, po- possibly that was just something that he did more so for women than yeah. he would for you know one of his male friends All right so let's get into the lyrics the song itself is short at least the version that's leaked we have no idea if there's a longer version out there if what we found is just a truncated version of strange way but what we got is about a 2 minute song it's short but sweet basically two discrete um verses you, baby, exactly how I feel. But I get the strangest feeling, baby. You won't think I'm for real. Don't take me for granted, girl. I'm not some kind of fool. I just have a strange way of saying I love you. And it's kind of like a verse and chorus scrunched together into one. All right. So with the the first verse, Arthur, you know, I'm getting, again, like, you you get the impression this is a, a bit of an apology song. He's apologizing for basically being a jerk sometimes, you know, like people can yeah. be, you know, saying something maybe uh, he was thinking about and and didn't really mean it to verbalize or come out as as blunt or as painful as it possibly did to Lisa. Um, and just one of those after reflection, a brief reflection, maybe realized it was not the way he wanted to communicate, not the way he wanted to see that uh, that encounter manifest itself um what are some things in this first verse that you wanted to point out or that you find interesting
1: well i definitely get the vibe that he's not apologizing for what he said but maybe how he said it yeah. or how it came off <clears throat> there's nothing in these lyrics that get into i'm sorry i was wrong um in fact he kind of stands um you know he he he, he stands on his hill When we get to don't take me for granted, girl, I'm not some kind of fool. And that could be, could be some insight on how he may have been feeling as related to Lisa living with him. It's like, all right, are you living with me? Well, you're living with me because I'm letting you live with me. But are you living with me because you're really not sure how you're going to commit to this? Are you seeing how it goes? You know, and... Are you just waiting for the next tour? Because then you don't have to, you're on the road. You don't have to worry about, you know, where you're going to live. You're eating my food, you're driving my car, all that. Mm. Um, But, you know, the way that he starts about sometimes I want to tell you exactly how I feel. But I get the strangest feeling that you won't take me for real. Um, That he he very likely has some attraction to her. they have been working closely i i don't remember it strongly enough to you know to quote it or even con- be positive that i'm getting it right but i seem to remember that when he first heard lisa's playing you know he was really drawn to her to her technique and her mastery of the piano and i think that she was Introducing him to music and introducing him to styles that actually helped him better communicate musically for some ideas that he wanted to do that kind of manifested later, right? So I'm saying that, you know, with the way that they've been working very almost undoubtedly close, uh, irrespective of whatever girlfriend that, you know, he had at the time, um, he probably built up some attraction to her, you know, and some genuine feelings about her as a person so communicating that to her telling him her exactly how he feels which he may or might not be 100 percent on she might not think that he's being you know serious guys known to have a sense of humor maybe they've joked around a little bit maybe they've got a whole brother sister thing you know you know so so it's 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 basically saying listen i i i i really care for you but i I, I have some concern that you may be taking me for granted, not just with this living arrangement, but with this job that you have as my keyboard player in my band. This opportunity you know, yeah. that you have, that if it doesn't work the way you want it to work, you leave. Now, I already got Andre that left me, which I knew was coming, but I'm replacing one person. I don't want to have to turn around and replace you, too. Mm-hmm. So, and Jason, this is Arthur going way off the ranch, right? But... (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it, man. You know, um, but just know that I have a strange way of saying that I love you. What are you going to do, Lisa? Well, Prince, okay. I'll stay in Minneapolis. Great. Let's get in the car. I'm going to find you a place to live. Let's go. In other words, boom, you're here. Let's do this. Let's, let's, Let's lay the roots down and we can really build this thing
0: forward. yeah Yeah. like i kind of alluded to before a little bit of a tough love situation like he loves her as a way that you love somebody when you maybe some attraction but definitely love their their skills love their um energy Mm -hmm. what they bring to what you're doing definitely didn't and again to have to for prince to allow her to live with him like that it's not something that he would have just done for any hired hand, right? So, yeah, I get the feeling that they truly were friends. And this is where, like, conversations there's been, and I don't want to go too far off the rails either, but you know, there's been discussions, there's been a lot of interviews with the revolution after Prince's passing. And anytime they start talking about this, the mid 80s era, the post Purple Rain era, mm-hmm. you know, you get conversations, you get, um, you get. Quotes from band members that feel like, well, Prince changed after you know, after Purple Rain. He became right. less accessible.
1: He had his uh, own bus. He had his own <laughs> bus, and <you> know, <laughs> we, we had only our own interacted bus when we were, when we we were on stage state, or one city to city. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We only interacted when we were on stage or during rehearsals. We weren't pals anymore. And nobody else, I don't think. I mean, yeah, there's exceptions. Some of his guy friends I'm sure you hung out with, but not in the same way. Like this is mm-hmm. these are people that knew Prince before he was a megastar. And the fact that he, like Lisa lived with him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like a roommate situation. It wasn't even like a boyfriend girlfriend situation. It was roommates. So I can I can kind of relate to some of their you know, their stories and how they felt about that when that happened because to to them he was just i mean he was always prince he was you know, front and center he was the guy
1: sure exactly yeah it wasn't yeah
0: wasn't prince and lisa on stage it was prince and these were his backing band but mm-hmm. take away that and you know he was the one that was paying them of course but it just i think for them for some of them especially in the early early days it just felt like more than that they felt more like true friends so I get that, and I don't want to you know, talk too much about that because it's not really the era to talk about that, but at the same time, this is kind of a story that explains a little bit maybe why somebody like Lisa might have felt that way in 1985,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, coming from where she was at with him in 1981.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really valid. I mean, the, the, the band that he had in 1980, 1981, is really the nucleus of what took him all the way to 1986. Bobby Z, Lisa Coleman, Dr. Fink, you know, Prince himself, um, Des Dickerson being replaced by Wendy Melbourne, Andre Simone being placed by, being replaced by Brown Mark. And even though Prince has always been a singular artist, when you see Prince on the marquee, it's it's him. When you see, for example, like Shade on the marquee, people get confused that it's one woman and no so it's the, the, that happens to be the name of the band. So there's a difference. And I've never been in a band, but I have done a podcast with three other people for over 10 years. That, that's the best, closest thing to a band that I've ever been in. And it's hard to manage these personalities and you know if one person drops out, and you work in a new person that's not easy and still be able to retain the same kind of chemistry because you really first you don't retain the same kind of chemistry Mm -hmm. you know but you at least need to know if this person will really fit not just musically but also from a personality standpoint and a Mm -hmm. commitment standpoint right and so i think that that's some of what you're seeing in that in that first verse particularly at the part where he starts the bridge going into sort of the strange way of saying, I love you to don't take me for granted. Yeah. Yep.
0: I'm with you on that one, Arthur. Okay. Um, I think we probably covered that first verse. Let's go into the second verse. Sometimes I really want you, babe. I want you But I do
1: want a friendship relationship. For you to
0: understand sometimes i really want you baby i want you sexually oh. i don't want our friendship relation to suffer can't you see I don't expect for you to understand. Sometimes it's hard for me to. I just have a strange way of saying I love you. Honey, I love you. All right. So the second verse is where, like, when I was first listening to it with the intention of dissecting it after reading the story about it being about Lisa Coleman. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is yeah, where yeah. this is where it gets a little crazy, like it's a little confusing. Because he says right there in the very, you know first two lines i really want you i want you sexually right i don't want our friendship to suffer basically is what he's saying like i want you but i think being your friend is more important to me so i'm just letting you know i'm just putting it out there now the question Mm -hmm. is did he really mean this or was this just something that he put in the song because he was a songwriter and, you know, putting that romantic aspect into a song makes it more compelling. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, did I say that Prince was 23 and Lisa was probably 2021 20, around this time, and no they living in the same house? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did, I, did I mention that earlier? I thought I, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think, I, I think this supports, um, you know, our earlier feeling that, you know, yeah, it's like, okay, sometimes I'm going to say exactly how I feel, but it gets the strangest feelings you won't think I'm, you know, being for real. And here's like this reveal, you know, I really am attracted to you, but I don't want, I don't want, I don't want this to suffer. So he's showing some restraint. Now, let's say that as you started out by talking about songwriting and lyricism sometimes you just need to get from point a to point b (laughs) and so so baby ailey relate okay okay i can make that work right um okay i'll be succinct but i gotta say this in order for what i'm about to say to make sense we were talking about how this song was recorded in the midst of him making controversy and the time on either of those two albums, there is no style that matches strange Way" in how it sounds. Yeah. It's, it's I'm gonna say simple, I've never made a song before, but I'm just gonna go out and let me say it. it's, it's a quote unquote simple song, right? He's got drums, bass, keyboard, guitar, two layers of vocals, his lead, and then his comp, confidence lead. This really shows his prowess in the studio. He's got a studio in his house, Don Baths, his engineer is helping him out, right? Um, Lisa herself said that she was in this bar, you know, for like this whole thing happened in like within a two hour period, right? So you could say that it probably took Prince 45 minutes to put the song together. He's gotta do four passes over it. Well, technically six, right? So, because he's doing this new music, not, not such as this, this amazingly new style, right? But just as I want to be your lover sounds nothing like Dirty Mind, the song. Dirty Mind, the song, sounds nothing like Controversy, the song, right? <laughs> right? So it may have been, quote unquote, easy for him, as I word again, it may have been easy for him to lay more into the dirty mind feel because this song isn't as unusual in terms of its sound if you put it up against particularly the first side of dirty mind it doesn't have that synth heavy feel of controversy it doesn't have that power ballad element to it right so let's say that I want you, I want you sexually, but I don't want to mess up this relationship. Can't you see that, right? Let's just say <laughs> that it could work if he wasn't really serious from the standpoint of kind of going back into his dirty mind bag and, you know, spinning something out from that. Do it all night or dirty mind or, you know, to yeah. make it work there.
0: Right, this prince just playing, basically. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, again, we don't know. I don't know. Maybe you do. I don't know if Prince knew of Lisa's sexuality at this at this time. I don't know if they if they talked about it ever. If it was ever brought up. But also, this is a man that wrote Bambi. There you go. I think he.
1: <laughs> I think he was dead serious. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think he was dead serious. You know, it's 1981. It's at the dawn of the AIDS. Pandemic before this is before anybody really knew what was going on, right? There was a certain freedom sexually that was still happening spinning off of the late 70s. Shit, the whole mid 60s, late 70s. But I'm just saying, you know, there were completely different attitudes toward sex and what that means, the result of that. You know, and it 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 I don't want to say fit within his narrative because that's not what I mean, but it fits within the context of, again, two early 27 things. them has got some money in his pocket. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, you know, it 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 could go like that. Yeah. But he's, again, he's showing some restraint. I don't want our friendship relation to suffer, can't you see? Because see, if the friendship suffers, the music suffers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because then he's got to go out and find that next keyboardist and you, know, you see they're, it. They're not hard, they're not easy to find, you know. You, you, not, wanna, you want a you want a woman like he wanted a woman, and he wanted her to be talented, but also attractive, right? Uh, you know, to fit to fit the the aesthetic. So it's it's not you know when he's got a good thing, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to fuck it up, basically, right? <laughs> right. So he has to throw. Right. He has to he has to you know shoot a shot, but
1: uh-huh. at the same
0: time backpedal a little bit just to make sure, like you know. I don't, yeah. you know. My ultimately, the friendship is more important, but I'm yeah. still putting it out there
1: that, yeah, you know, know. And in truth, in truth, that could also speak. That could also speak to the tension, to the it was a tense conversation that Lisa herself had said about it, That's from what what she recalled, because there's this sexual tension that's happening. So by him saying that, by him putting it into this song, which is the best way that he knows how to communicate. It releases some of that sexual tension. It's like yeah. this, is, this is part of kind of like what's going on with me too. Oh, okay. That's out there. I feel so much better about it. Let's go make these hits. Yeah. Let's
0: clear the air. <laughs> you oh, know I mean? Yeah. It feels like a clear the air type of song too. Like let's get yeah. it, let's put it out there, get it out there. And then we can just move on from that. Okay, uh, yeah, that's the second verse, basically. And did you have any other comments you wanted to to bring up with this verse?
1: Just how funny would it be if they recorded the stick like that evening? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why we we, we need those uh, we need those Dwayne Tudor books from this era. But damn, how are you going to do that? <laughs> You're to have to do some serious serious interviews with people with uh, yeah.
1: photographic memories. <laughs> yeah, because you figure you know he never had any Prince never had any intention of releasing the song. Right. So it would make right. sense that
0: it wasn't necessarily long No. No. And it, yeah. And essentially, like you said, it was all already a very simple song. Simple in its, ec, you know, from an economical standpoint, because he wrote it and recorded it all in one day, all in a couple of hours, by all accounts. And so if this was ever going to be anything more than what it was, which it was a song he wrote as a response to a situation that he played for Lisa and then through Back in the Mm -hmm. you know the pre-vault, if he ever wanted to pull it back out, we know that there would be more to it. We know that there would have been probably a bridge and maybe a third verse and some more uh, musical aspects to it. It would have been probably would have been uh, deeper and from from a musical standpoint and probably more lyrics added as well. But um, you know he he did what he could with the time he had, and I think it's still super catchy. Like the song is mm-hmm. catchy as hell. That that earworm of a of a keyboard book. <speaking in the background> sounds yeah. Very repetitive, yeah. but yeah. it's stuck in your head, just like yeah. most really catchy uh, either guitar or keyboard or piano licks do. Yeah. Because he's doing the
1: it. rhythm guitar rip every on the, you know on the offbeat and it's it's you know it's in the mix it's discernible but you, you know you just it blends in so well with the keyboard that you 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 you, you blink if you, you you miss it you know
0: even in the fact that it goes ooo-wee, 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 i mean that kind of mm-hmm. feels like feels like a filler like that's mm-hmm. just kind of filler stuff that would have been if he had more time or had more desire to to do something more with the song, I doubt that he just would have left in his ooh wee ooh wee ooh we you. Yeah, ooh. maybe he would have. But yeah, it just feels like that's the kind of thing you do when you want to just throw something in there because you don't
1: have it right at that moment. Let me ask you this. Do you do you think let me ask you this way. Do you ever wonder why he didn't use this as a B-side?
0: Um the only thing I could think of is that it was kind of like, like unlike She's Always In My Hair, this mm-hmm. song felt like a, uh, potentially a song of a moment, like a very brief moment. Mm-hmm. Like that song, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I feel like the, what led up to She's Always In My Hair was years of you know, being, or a couple, two, three years of being with Prince and kind of an accumulation of events. This feels more like a situation that was, that happened one day he wrote it and mm-hmm. didn't really want to think about it anymore maybe they would moved past it and continuing to play it work mm-hmm. on it some more might have brought up some bad feelings might mm-hmm. have brought up some things that maybe he didn't want to explore any further maybe he didn't want it to didn't want lisa to have to continue to listen to a song where he says oh, that's a good point se- sexually um, yeah because <laughs> maybe that made her uncomfortable i don't know um Yeah, he was feeling like, okay, I did my thing, I said what I said, and I don't really think that we need to, you know, dredge this up constantly by recording the singing the song and performing the song. Because he could have done a B-side and never performed it live. Sure. Um, Did that plenty of times, but just by putting it out there to the public, that that makes it a little more open to interpretation and then People start talking about where did this come from, what happened with it, kind of like what we're doing now, but just uh, you know, on a wider, larger scale. And maybe you didn't really yeah. want that.
1: Because I mean, it's easy to say, because like, hey, it's catchy, you know, it really does sound good. If you worked on it a little bit more, it'd have been a great pop song for him and everything. And and you know, to me, it's like, nah, that's not gonna work for 1981 Prince because it doesn't fit in the aesthetic that he's building it doesn't fit within the mythology that 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 he's building not as built that he is still building um you know and um, I, in 1981 i can't really it's like i wanted to think about groups that were out and popular in 1981 that either this song would have been good for you know, like the cars, for example. Because see, one thing about Prince, one thing about Prince is that people knew, people being rock bands, pop bands, funk bands, R&B band, like people knew Prince was dangerous. Like we're going to have to deal with this dude at some level. So I, I you know, it's like I could really see him. Because like if you, if you hear a song like um, When You Remind you really could hear Rico K singing that song. Like that that'd be like a great car song. But it wasn't pushed that way. Because you know what I'm saying? Like Strange Way isn't gonna be pushed in the summer fall of nineteen eighty one as a precipice of this other new album controversy that's coming out. <laughs> we know what controversy is all about. So well, yeah, it's like it's just one of those controversy that sounds like this. <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those like just just maybe it would've been a fantastic song a fantastic single but it was just a victim of time and timing yeah it's it's a bit of a strange song i mean it's called strange
0: way but it's also yeah. kind of a strange song it feels in some ways even antiquated a little bit for 1981 i've read uh, uh-huh. and i've seen like okay well it has like some sort of psychedelic appeal to it. Like, i don't really know how to define psychedelic it's hard for me because I didn't grow up with um, that kind of music. All I can think of when I hear Psychedelic is like Pink Floyd and Beatles later stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I was like, I know there's more to it than that. And so I don't hear it, but strange way. It just it just feels like it could have maybe worked for um, like a new wave group, like you said, the Cars. Mm-hmm. And, and add some mm-hmm. more guitars to it because I think it's a bit too... Simple musically, like if you ha- if you did work on a more put a a, a guitar solo in there.
1: Oh wow! So it's like a framework to to yeah. yeah okay. I, mean, I never looked like, at it like that.
0: Then maybe it's a little meteor, something that you could actually
1: mm-hmm.
0: imagine mm-hmm. hearing on the radio. To, to me, it just sounds like a quintessential vault song because of its unfinished nature and then by definition it's a vault song therefore it's unfinished for the most part Mm -hmm. that's how all of these songs have to be looked at um, unless we know that it was on some sort of configuration for an album that was taken off the last minute that's not the case with this song so this just feels like it has the bones but it there's it's just not enough for me personally to make this a viable pop song for anybody uh, I just don't think there's enough there personally.
1: I like that the quintessential what did you say quintessential quintessential vault, vault song just yeah, because it I like just that.
0: sounds unfinished. It just really yeah. to me it sounds unfinished. It sounds like it was something that was recorded very quickly, which again by all accounts it was.
1: So I'm saying, right? Cuz you figure you played it all the way through. It's like a little over 2 minutes, you know. So that's like him 20 minutes of just playing. And then you know, there's time to rewind it, listen back, add in here, this and that. All right, that could be like 30, 35 minutes. Song, I like his vocals in yeah. this
0: song. I like his vocals because he does oh, that. Yeah. Like, he like he goes up and down within the same line, up and down in his register within just like singing of a single line, which is kind of goes Strange way of okay. you know, like it's up and, he's and down. He's so warmed up
1: because he's working all this other. He, he's come off tour. He's working on all this stuff, so yeah. it's like.
0: You know, do just like the
1: count. Slick. One, two, three,
0: hit it, and yeah. it's done. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening to this on headphones, you can hear him count it out right at the very beginning. So, cool song. I'm glad we talked about it. Uh, interesting backstory. Um, Dever, like, it would have been great for, like, that Crystal Ball 2 project if that ever mm-hmm. would have seen the light mm-hmm. of day. People, you know, got voted to, to yeah. make the, the final track listing, so the people wanted to hear it. I think a lot of that has to do with the time it was recorded. People yeah. wanted, it, especially you know, now and even probably back in two thousand, people are like, "Oh, I want that early 80s shit." You know, <laughs> I want that.
1: Mm-hmm. I want that mm-hmm.
0: pre-revolution, you know, that early stuff, man. That's because for so many people, that's kind of like their prince. Yeah. This this time frame, so they want more of that. Um, and, and as far as we know, we don't have a lot of dirty mind and controversy air. Exactly. Fault, fault songs, I should say. There's not exactly. a lot that we're you know that we're familiar with or that we know of so it's kind of like a cool nugget yeah i would have loved
1: to have heard him talk about it now i don't think it ever would have happened. really not you know, like a
0: liner notes like in crystal ball one <coughs> have like a little, something like, like that you know four know? sentence blurb yeah yeah
1: because the thing about it it's like it's not based on any kind of like drama like i cheated on you or i just you know what i'm saying it's like it's not no drag out fight or thing like that you know it's just, it's it's fundamentally uh um a misunderstanding okay. you know it's like I, yeah too, yeah too but not heart. yeah yeah like he touched something and yeah you know
0: i mean i'm ready I to go guess... up the plant ranch again so i don't want <laughs> the way i just again think of it is like I'm sure Prince had been to your point that you made earlier in the show. He'd been mulling this situation over in his head. And so for him, maybe this little outburst, if we want to call it that we weren't there, um, was a long time coming, but for somebody like Lisa who didn't see the signs, maybe, uh, maybe she'd been dropping hints. She wasn't picking up on it. So it might've come out of nowhere. And Prince probably like, we've all had those interaction. Like shit, I could have done that better or I could have phrased that differently, or I you know, could have kept my cool or should have kept my cool when I didn't, because that person on the receiving end got something that they weren't expecting and they didn't deserve. And that's probably, we have to jump to conclusions again, is probably what happened. Something that he would have been um, thinking about for a while, potentially, but she hadn't been so it kind of, you know, broadsided her, you know, and um, and, and Prince maybe thought that he could have done it in a more nuanced way, a little more gentle. Uh, but as far as he was concerned, he, maybe he'd had it up to here, and so he was done being <laughs> nice. <nuts. laughs>
1: Jumped yeah. down her throat and then
0: all of a sudden, it's like, oh man! But she's she's really she's a cool cool person. Uh, I didn't mean to do it like that. I didn't mean to you know upset her. So let let me let me give you the song.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Apologize through song that's hey and if that's how i ended up going down 40 years later she you know she got she got a song not that you know she didn't have any songs written with her in mind but this is one right. for sure she can point. i mean there's a song lisa um, which i love dirty yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we got that too but Anyway, uh, I think we've probably covered as much as we need to do with this song. Unless you've got anything else you want to talk about,
1: no, on. I think I think we we squeezed all the water out of the sponge for these two verses.
0: <laughs> That's all it goes, man.
1: That's all it goes.
0: <laughs> we dig in. We get dig deep. Dig deep.
1: I have enjoyed it. It's
0: kind of fun just talking about the era, you know, and what's going on in Prince's life at this time, just because it's it's kind of. We weren't there, so it's kinda of fun to kind of go back in yeah. time. Like we were alive, but we weren't there with Prince in the moment. So putting everything in context can be an enjoyable experience because we're big fans of, of you know, Prince's right. music, but also I'm a I love this era. I love uh you know the early eighties Prince a lot. So I'm always into talking about this era of his music and kind of his
1: career. Yeah. I mean me 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 too. I, I mean I for those that, really, that know me, I I love a great origin story, and I absolutely love context. And thinking about discussing Prince in 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 context again, particularly when you predate Purple Rain, you know he's not, but he's a whole another person. But he's a whole nother, he's a, he's a whole nother person, mm-hmm. and you know, the the lofty ideas that we have about Prince post Purple Rain, the film, whenever I say Purple Rain, this way I'm really talking about the film because I think the visuals really spoke and defined what we started to think of, you know, Prince as this, you know, larger scale figure. Um, But these, you know, these basic, you know, not weird to see him at the grocery store or the cleaners or washing his car kind of stuff on the rise, Artist, uh, It just makes the music a little more richer to me. Um, it also makes it easy to, you know, go off the ranch like we did a little bit. That's fun too. But But, you know, speculate more than really, you know, what it is. <clears throat> But at the same time, even with our speculations, I don't think that we're that far off of how it kind of went down, because we've both been twenty. <laughs> you know, I'm sure we both have plutonic friends of the opposite sex. You know, um, may or may not coincide with romantic relationships. But but you get what I'm saying. It's like you know you yeah. can speak about it in real terms, and think you put yeah, man. In I your shoes yeah yeah. It's like man, I really messed up. What's the best way I can do <laughs> you know to to make this right for some people it would be to you know plan a nice dinner cook call or, or you, you know do something you know for somebody like Prince let me just go ahead and bang this out and just come up with some lyrics <laughs> <laughs> you know in an hour and have my guy go find Lisa at this bar because there's only one bar and i know that lisa smokes and you know maybe enjoy some whiskey or something like that you know what i'm saying it's like you can yeah. you you can you can relate to something like that and that's what, yeah. that is what makes this era uh really you know really 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 cool for me so
0: yeah lisa didn't take an uber into the city she was still yeah. in right went down. <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> no, i get it very cool all right so arthur um Music Snobs Podcast. You want to tell
1: everybody all about that? The Music Snobs Podcast. So we are in the midst of uh, our latest recording cycle. We've got ten shows on deck. Um, at the time of this recording, we have released our third, where we focus on um, the R and B artist Aaliyah, uh, who tragically died at at the age of twenty two. Um, like a week before September 11th, 2001. And so while her death did not go unnoticed, her death certainly was overshadowed by September 11th. Um, And we discuss her as an icon. She's had a resurgence. A lot of her uh, albums have been remastered and re-released. And we do look at Aaliyah um, with the question of, is she an icon? And talk a little bit as to why she wasn't prominently included in discussion during the R. Kelly trial and conviction. You know, she came up, but she wasn't this overarching, you know, figure. So we um, we we do topics like this um, where we take artists that we're all familiar with at some level, some of us more than others. And we try to come up with angles, kind of like what we're doing right now, to be honest with you, you know, angles about maybe a what if scenario, not necessarily what if Aaliyah was still alive. We don't kind of do that. Um, but you know, what if what if Brandy came out before Aaliyah? How would that change how R&B went in you know the late '90s, early 2000s, because after Aaliyah, there was she was coming out like a. It began this apex of female R&B artists and groups too, um, but we release monthly, uh, usually the first Monday of a month, and we've got seven more shows to do. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Total Music Snobs. And um, the website is themusicsnobs.com. dot um, Please follow and subscribe in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere and everywhere. Find our SS feeds are consumed. Like this show, Jason. Like press rewind.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just gotta. Just gotta put it in the Google search engine, man. It, you'll. You'll figure it out. It'll show up. Right.
1: <laughs> It'll show. Yeah. That's exactly It'll right. Show It'll up. show up.
0: All right. Well, yeah, I, I really dig the show. Uh, I just actually not that long ago listened to. I know it's not a recent released episode, but I listened to the Control episode you guys did. Yeah, oh Jackson wow! Control. I know that's from last year, but
1: you know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I yeah.
0: bounce around on shows all the time based off the topic. Like, I want to listen to some guys talk about Control because I fucking love that album. So <laughs> let me listen to these guys talk about Control for an hour and a half. And I loved it. It was a great conversation. You guys have great chemistry. So. I appreciate that. Keep it up. Keep it up, man. All right. Well, this has been the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. Like Arthur said, you can find the show just about anywhere. Also, pressrewind.net is the website that I use to host the show. Um, social media, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm also on YouTube. So if you want to listen to the show on YouTube, I also post some, some clips and songs i'm one of those people that throw songs of princes (laughs) onto youtube yeah yeah. um you know i mean i want to share it you know until it until it gets officially released i want to consider continue to share these these songs and this music because i find a lot of value obviously i'm doing a whole series on prince's vault songs from the 70s and 80s so i clearly find a lot of value in his his vault recordings the ones that we have been privy to and have had the honor of being able to listen to, thanks to technology, thanks to whomever leaked them. Um, don't know, don't care. All I know was I love the music and I'm glad we have it. So thanks again to all the listeners. Until next time, goodbye. I